Normally, I would think it would be a sin, an absolute sin, to quit Howlin' Wolf. They even turn off a Howlin' Wolf record before you listen to an entire Howlin' Wolf record. But I got a great guest in today, and I'm, I'm sure that the wolf spirit will uh, will forgive me. <laughs> so you're listening to This American Podcast Comedy Edition on ComedySchoolsRadio.com. Every Friday, we bring you uh, some of the funniest people in the building. Uh <laughs> In this case, in the room. In the room. The, oh, yeah, wait, yeah, well, maybe yeah, not. No. I've got Squirrely next to me. No, no, no. I know, may... no, man. We, we've we, we watched your stuff for a long time. We're going we're gonna to call you the funniest person. Uh, you know what? On the floor. On the floor. And it, 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 it's a rather big building. Yeah. So, uh, on have, the fifth floor. On the fifth floor. High above Old Town Scottsdale uh, yeah, from the yeah. Scottsdale Financial Center. I like that. It's this. I mean, yeah, I've tried doing it, and I go, I can't. I did FM for a while, and I had yeah. to quit. I, I had to quit FM when somebody said I, I need a story about farts, and I go, okay, that's I can't. Not. What not, was your name? What was your? Um, I was just Tony. Oh, I would just okay. say, yeah. Because <laughs> you know, usually it's like the Wolfman. No, or, uh, you no. know, uh, it was Buzz. <laughs> well, you know, it might have worked better if it was that, because then yeah. people wouldn't know it was me. I was like embarrassed half the time. Yeah, I was embarrassed by the music we played yeah. and what we talked about and. So, uh, but, but was I'm it was it was it rock and ro- was it classic rock or was it uh, pop? Was it, it, it started out. Uh, well, I've been. I was on a bunch of uh, different stations, mm. uh, and I, I was on uh, stations of straight up comedy interview shows. Those okay. were fun. Yeah. Which what were, I should tell people who I'm talking to. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I'm talking. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this is another reason why I'm not on FM anymore. Yeah. And I can't conduct a decent interview. You forget this guy. to you get to mention the sponsors. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, we're talking to Johnny Sanchez, Johnny A. Sanchez. Well, yeah, actually, Johnny A. Sanchez the third. Johnny A. Sanchez the third. Sometimes it comes up like that because there's another Johnny Sanchez who got into the union before me. Yeah. So you you know you can't have the same name. So I had to go as for a while there it was just Johnny A. Sanchez as an act, and then I just and then Johnny Sanchez the third. Now I'm just listed straight as Johnny Sanchez the third, just to separate because he and I would get called into. The same thing. Uh, the same things, and they were looking for the. It was. The Have you ever person. met him? We met. Yeah. We met. He called. Did me you kiss? We did not, but we're <laughs> the same height. Uh, what's funny is he's a he's an East Coast Puerto Rican guy, and yeah. I'm West Coast Mexican dude, and we're like the same height and everything. I get why people got us confused, but it'd be it was really interesting because he told me they'd call him in, and he's a really mellow guy. He's very soft spoken, really quiet, and uh, he said he'd come into the room. And then they were, you know, they were kind of like sitting there looking at him, talking to him, going, boy, this guy, his energy from stage, off stage to, you know, here is, you know, 180. Yeah. And they go, wow, well, you, you're so much more mellow than we saw you the other night at the comedy store. And then he goes, oh, no, I'm uh, Johnny Sanchez, the actor from New York, theater. And they go, oh, we're looking for Johnny Sanchez, yeah. the guy that we Get saw. out. <laughs> But you know, reverse too. There was a time I went in, and there, and then the lady was like, "I really loved your work in blah blah blah, the independent film," and I'm like, and I, and I was like, "Oh, that's that's the other Johnny Sanchez." Now, am I supposed to be here? And then they're like, "Oh, well, we were, we thought he was coming." So we, we were both getting called in for yeah, you know, and no one's getting a job, and yeah. neither none of us are getting hired by yeah, the way because if someone else didn't do their research, <laughs> you said somebody. So you said that he's Puerto Rican and you yeah, are Mexican. Mexican. So I know that if you uh, an Irishman. 
will never, you know, if you call an Irishman an Englishman, he'll get like pissed off. Right. Or if you call an Englishman an Irishman, he'll get really pissed off. Yeah. You know, and, and, yes. and, and they'll be like shocked. You can't tell. I know. And, what do you mean calling me? Calling me Irish. You know, so, yeah. I mean, is that, is that like if yeah. someone confuses you and go, what are you, Puerto Rican? Yeah. Uh, I don't get upset because I get it. You yeah. Know? But like in L.A., what's happening right now, it's not so much even that. It's um, There's a lot more, um, I call them kind of like the new Latinos, like the El Salvadorans and the yeah. Guatemalans and the Hondurans. You know, they're, they're, they're coming in now. And they, it looks like, I mean, to me... You know, I think I'm talking to some Mexican guy. Yeah. And then I'll be like, hey, so you're, are you Mexican? And then the funny thing is how upset they get, you know, yeah. because they're still culturally, they're holding on to all that. You know what I mean? Uh -huh. So they're like, no, I'm Guatemalan. You know, they get really upset. And I go, dude, are you kidding me? We look, you know, so much alike. Yeah. And you look like my cousin or, you know. So um, I don't, but I'm third generation. So I'm like, I'm yeah. not as connected to Mexico. Yeah. Like, you know, people were like texting me yesterday, happy Cinco de Mayo. I'm like... You know, my family's been here, like, <laughs> we're like five, six generations yeah. in now. So uh, that connection there is not really, you so know. So if you, if you've been to Mexico. I've been. And yeah. you go to, you go to and go, this is weird. What, <laughs> you know, was, yeah. Well, first of all, a Cabo to me is, is like, uh, I've never seen so many white people. You yeah. go to Cabo, it's just like, it's literally all white there. Um, but like, uh, the funny, the interesting thing is they don't like us there. The, the, the Mexicans from Mexico do not like the Mexican-Americans. They don't consider us Mexican, by the way. Yeah. And so they treated, they right off the bat, we were having a problem with re registering in the room. And and then, uh, you know, I, I understand Spanish. I, I don't speak it, but I, I understand quite a bit. Yeah. And um, the, I had an issue with this guy, and then I heard him turn to somebody, one of the other guys, and they start talking. And I understood that he went, it's one of those Mexicans from the U.S. <laughs> so... <laughs> You know, and then when I would go up to get a, it's really funny because my, you know, my wife's white and Southern girl from the South, from South Carolina. So I would go up to get a beer or get a drink. And I tell you, I could, I could literally be going like this. These guys just going, you know, to all the, the white people that are there. Yeah. Right. And I'm like, is it me or is this, is this really, you know? So I went back and I said to her, uh, you go up there to the bar. I'm just curious. I, I, I can't get these guys to give me a drink. She walked up. The minute she walked up, oh, senorita. Well, look at that. So um, I, I'm not a big fan of going to Mexico, to be honest with you, with, with that yeah. kind of, you know what I mean? Um, TJ's a, a, a blast, but dangerous. Um, yeah. I went to Juarez once. I don't even know why I did that. That's That place is even way more dangerous. I've been through Juarez, but do not go into Juarez. But um, so that's kind of, you know, my thing. I don't, I have Puerto Ricans in my family. And like, we, our family's pretty mixed. Get, yeah. It's getting mixed up a lot. You know what I mean? So. Well, you know, you mentioned something there. You said that you're married to a white Southern girl. I'm married to a, uh, a Mexican woman, but she's uh, third, fourth, third, third oh, generation. Really, I would have never guessed. Yeah. Third. Yeah. And, uh, and she, and like you, uh, she's not, you know, she, uh, she I was that generation. She understands, but doesn't speak. Yeah. She right. Would, same thing. That generation of when we want our kids to speak English and assimilate. You know, so, but yeah. th do you think this might solve the problem? You married a white Southern girl. I married a Mexican woman. That this is what needs to happen. Yeah, so then there, there's there's then there's then no race yeah. at some point, right? Everybody's yeah. mixed and nobody yeah. can really point the finger at anybody. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's interesting because 
uh, it's the same. She's the same generation with that whole. But but here, were you called the coconut? Were you ever called the coconut? Oh yeah. Oh, uh, the coconut. See, I never. I, I we've been married. You've never told me. I have told you that you were called a coconut. <laughs> oh well, that's, that's why I didn't remember because we're married. <laughs> Some things you just don't remember, right? Yeah. Like, I was yeah. called a coconut. And I go, I can't. Do yeah, the coconut thing. <laughs> I got that a lot growing up. Um, What's a coconut? Well, they they just say you're 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 not mixed, but you're just brown on the outside, white on the in. Oh. So blacks, it's Oreo. Yeah. Asians, it's banana. And banana. Banana. I'm learning new stuff. And you're gonna love this one. Okay. Native Americans, radish. <laughs> radish. Yeah. Uh, you know what? We, we're sitting here going, all right, is Johnny Sanchez going <laughs> radish? Radish, dude. Red on the outside, white on the end. Yeah. Man. So, so you so you were born and raised in Los Angeles? No, 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 no. I was born in San Jose. And we lived there for about, um, I was the youngest. So we moved at, uh, when I was about six, to the back to the San Joaquin Valley, which where my parents yeah. are from. Like, in between Fresno and Bakersfield, dude. So, sure. like, there's a little town called Tulare, Tulare, California. Um, farm town yeah. population I think at the time was like 20,000 but that's 20,000 spread out among you know amongst acre you know it's all farmland yeah you know, so yes. so I grew up in it we had one main street really that was it so really a small small town not LA I moved to LA to go do stand-up is what it was and when was that back in 92 92 yeah right. to the to the valley uh, I'm, yeah, I did move to the valley. I feel like everybody starts in the valley sometimes. It's cheaper and it's easy. Yeah. Yeah. It, well, there's a theory because I I, uh, I moved to uh, LA in the '70s and I had a theory. I go, you have five years in Hollywood, and if you're famous to the hill, if not to the valley. So <laughs> you, you know, I'm at the yeah. top now. You, you yeah. keep going over there. Some people kind of over at Sherman Oaks up in the hill Sherman thing, Oaks, but they're it, still in the valley. They're still in the valley. Yeah. But a lot of people start out in the valley. I lived in the valley in '92. I lived in I lived in Panorama City. Okay, I was in Woodland Hills. Oh, okay. At the time. Yeah. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. Uh, Panorama City is um, the Deadly. 170. <laughs> the, yeah, 170 and um, what's that? Uh, like uh, Terabella. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Exits. Yeah. 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 Try to tell him where that guy's exit is, if you don't mind. Uh, oh, he lives in San Fernando. It's uh, San Fernando Mission Boulevard and I-5. Yeah. That's yeah, right but where does Laurel Canyon come in? I can't. Laurel Canyon's right off. The, when you, when you, so you take I-5 North. Yeah, you know, the San Fernando Mission Boulevard. You make the right Laurel Canyon's right off the freeway, right there. You know, you know here's. Oh, I didn't know Laurel goes. Oh, oh you're yeah, right. Yeah, you're yeah. right. You're right. Okay, my bad. Okay. There's hippie right. Laurel Canyon. Then there's I'll kill you Laurel Canyon. Yeah. <laughs> this, this is definitely I'll kill you Laurel. Canyon. This is I'll kill you Laurel. Yeah. Canyon. This is like you're white. Uh, you might get murdered. Yeah. Laurel Canyon. The uh, uh, the, uh, the third voice that you're hearing right now is uh, and and we're grateful, uh, Ernie Green. Who uh, regularly does shows with us? A lot of places. There's a show coming up somewhere. But I, I, you need to write. You, you flew in. Yes. And uh, uh, we needed, uh, uh, needed. We wanted to get you here badly. Oh, thanks. And so uh, we got a hold of. And we, we usually have an intern. But like most interns, he shows up when he wants. Yeah. And, and we call him. Say, Can you pick up the comedy? He goes. I'm in Indianapolis, and we don't even know why he's in Indianapolis. <laughs> right. So uh, we got a hold of Ernie, who is not a, a driver nor an intern, but a very yeah. funny comic in town. And today, Ernie, can you go pick up Johnny? And he did. Nice so, enough. Uh, yeah, that was great. Hi, Ernie Green. How are you? I'm not bad. How are you? And yeah, he's been kind of a jerk to me about the last week or so. Yeah, we started off. The, 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 nobody heard this, but he, you were saying he's been a little squirrely lately. He's been a little and squirrely. I love that term, by the way. I saw him the other day. Uh, we were someplace in Tempe, and uh, I walked into the lobby, and he was standing in the elevator. I go, how you doing? He goes, good. And that was it. And then we took an elevator ride. He didn't talk. We got out of the elevator, and I go, okay. He goes, yeah. And I go, this is like, you know, 
you know, sometimes you don't have anything to say. Like, I'm not going to waste anybody's time and, you know, you know, you say you do, I'm good. I don't, You're doing I it now. Well, yeah. <laughs> you're talking well, I'm, now. I'm, I'm explaining myself. Uh, well, you didn't have anything you, to you, offer you, him when, like when, a, when yeah. he saw you. You're like, a, you're like a 13-year-old girl. Why aren't you talking to me? I'm not. No, that's not. <laughs> you, don't, you don't look at me the way you used to. You kind of look at me. <laughs> You know, Shirley was sitting there. She goes, sometimes he, she said, Ernie always looks like he's pissed off. Well, I am, are, always, I am always pissed off. I know, but you should. <laughs> no, so am no I. So every comic is. But you <laughs> should practice not. Look, Johnny looks, he's looking at it and going, You think he wanted to get up at 8 30 this morning and get <laughs> no. a car with you and drive down here and go, I don't even know if anybody's listening to this shit. You think he wanted to do that, but he's smiling, he's friendly, he's talking. You should take a lesson from Johnny Sanchez. Yeah, buddy. Johnny A. Sanchez. This is the other thing. If you first Google you, yeah. you'll find a restaurant. Yep. Oh, the Johnny Sanchez <laughs> restaurants. Yeah. That's like a, a chain now, right? There's, I guess the one I found was in New Orleans. Ma- a Mexican right. restaurant in New Orleans. Well, there's one in Maryland because that's what the one that somebody told me about. They were like, hey, there, you know there's a restaurant called Johnny Sanchez. In, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to open Dirty Sanchez. <laughs> which, I don't know how good a business that's an eatery And called. you'll serve Cleveland steamers. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> it's a clam. Oh, boy. <laughs> there's a list of those, by the way. I know you've heard all those. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. Um, the donkey punch. Yeah, uh, all, that, all yeah. of that, yeah. I don't know why they got to name them. You know, either. just unnamed them. I don't know. I don't know. So you moved to L.A. to be a stand-up comic yeah. from Tulare. Tulare, yeah. Tulare, yeah. Yeah. And I uh, started doing, uh, my first spot was at uh, the Ha No, no, it wasn't around yet. Oh, okay. No, he wasn't. You yeah. know what it was? What? It's the L.A. Cabaret. Oh, Ray Bishop's L.A. Cabaret. You know Bishop. what? I Ray know, Bishop. I know. I met you. That, that's when... Because um, um, you see, your name was familiar to me, and you when you, you looked familiar to me. Yeah. But I think I just saw you on the road or something. Like, you're... you're on- in, the, in the late 80, uh, in 89, I moved from Hollywood to the Valley. Okay. And uh, I was on the road a lot, but I wanted to... You know, I was going over to Hill, but, yeah. you know, you get a spot once every six months, yeah. and I go, I, I need to get up more in town. Or there was a guy named Danny Mora who had a place in Long I Beach. Know Danny. You know Danny? I know Danny. Yeah, Danny yeah. helped a lot of guys, man. Yeah, good, yeah, good. He had that, good guy. Uh, he had a Sunday, Monday, Tuesday in Long Beach. Okay. And he'd pay you. Uh, you come in off the road after, you know, fly in, and you could still go down and do sets on your off nights. Yeah. And the place was paid. And he always paid. He'd go, I wish it was less. <laughs> he'd give you like 25 bucks. go, here's your money. I, mean, I wish it was less. <laughs> <laughs> but then I went over to Ray Bishop had the L.A. Cabaret, LA and Cabaret. Uh, Carlos Mencia started there. That's right. And I know that I met you there because I went over there, and, you know, I, I gave him that jerk-off thing, you know, a headline on the road. And, and yeah. so he started giving me spots. And, yeah. Uh, we'd go over. So you started the L.A. Cabaret? I started. I did the open mic. I started in that small In the room, lobby. In the lobby. In the lounge. In the lounge. Yeah. The great little lounge right there with, and then Mel Cole was there. You yeah, know, Mel, Mel was, Oh, my God. Mel would work. Jerry Bednov. Yeah. Was, these guys were all already, like, you know, they were in the main room but they would work out in the in the lounge sometimes just to just to come and, and work out and then there was um oh there was a guy named tony robinson yeah remember yeah, tony i remember tony he was really nice to me like he gave me some advice he was like hey don't do this don't do you know you're you're getting and i'll never forget I, I didn't even this is how green i was i remember i ended up finally getting into the into the into the main room after a few years and then i would do my material and then before i got off stage i started trying to do crowd work right yeah and i remember mel cole goes mel says to me he goes hey man you're doing great he said you just need to work on your clothes and um <laughs> and i said he this always is, dressed nice i'm like this is what i this is my style it was very it, it was a very hippie thing and he goes no when you close man he goes like <laughs> you're doing the material and then you're breaking off and trying to do crowd work at the last minute because you want to end with the momentum of the bits and the whatever you don't go you know you don't yeah. start doing crowd work 
and, uh, and and he was and after that I always focused on having a you know nice closer uh-huh. and you know whatever. But I worked with all those guys, man. Oh, Sam, uh, Sam Quasman. Yeah, I remember Sam. He's on. Uh, I see him on Facebook all the time. Yeah. Uh, Tony Robinson and I, Danny Mora booked us into a New Year's Eve gig in Fresno, back Fresno. in those days. And Mel Cole, I met the my first open mic nights were at the uh, the Laugh Factory. Oddly okay. enough, uh, when it was just when it was a much smaller venue on yeah. Sunset. Yeah. And uh, Mel Cole was over there, and. Uh, uh, Bedknob. Bedknob um, was over there. Uh, you know, Jerry's been in. We've talked with Jerry uh, uh, recently. Um, trying to think who else. Uh, Steve Smith. Do you know Steve? I don't know Steve. Um, and uh, Pauly Shore was coming oh. over because his mom wouldn't let let him do uh, the store. She said it wasn't good enough, so she sent him the open mic night <laughs> down at the Laugh Factory. Mitzi, man. Yeah. You gotta love her. You yeah. gotta love her. So, yeah, so I knew Mel from there. And then when I was over the, uh, at uh, uh, Ray's place at the LA Cabaret, he was yeah. over there. And uh, I saw a lot of great stuff over there. You yeah. know, and I saw, I know I met you and there were other guys I met and, and seen them do great. And you've done pretty darn well. Pretty good, man. Yeah, you've done I mean, all right, yeah. You know, I never really tapped. The only thing is I I didn't, my material never was geared towards just the Latino audiences. So in a weird way, um, I didn't do what guys like Mencia and some others. George. Were, right, yeah. where they, you know, I mean, they're, they're crossover, but yet there's that, there's that, also that like, you know, uh, Latino, like, hey, I'm here and I'm proud and I'm, you know, which is great, by the way. But um, I, I, a lot of other guys that I know, you know, that even I started with, they still they have this really great following of like they can go, they can go to any Latino community area and they're gonna pack it out. Yeah, which, that's the one thing I never quite got. You yeah, know what I mean, um, but also I, it was because I was raised in a different kind of generation and I wasn't. From East LA yeah. or Pacoima or you know whatever, so I mean I had a lot of Mexican friends as well, but it was it was just a different area. You know, it's a farm farming area, farming yeah. community. It's just totally different. So, but at the same time, um, you know, I love being crossover. I love that I can just walk into a room and it doesn't matter if it's completely mixed or you know even when I do corporate gigs, sometimes it's all white people and yeah, not my material. You know, I'm not leaving anything where they can't relate to or, or whatnot, you know? What, what, I, what I don't think a lot of people understand, like you're, you're a bit about uh, um, uh, someone, uh, when a, a Latino family, when the car breaks down, they call mm. on star, they call Juan star, mm-hmm. you know? But I, you know, I was uh, cracking up, my wife was cracking up really hard, you know, yeah. and I'm going, I'm, you know, and it's like, almost then the comic in me came up going, well, I, I kind of got a bit, it's kind of, but you know, because <laughs> cause she's like laughing, laughing, like laughing hard. She's not even watching the video. She's just listening, laughing. Yeah, 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 so yeah. it's a ve- it's a funny bit, but I, I could relate to it because I grew up, you know, uh, poor working class. Right. It was the same thing that you don't, you call your family. Yeah. You know, and that, that's right. And it, 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 it'll cause a backup in traffic. Yes. Because yes. like four or five people show up. Yeah. yeah. It's a great bit. Thanks, man. It's a great bit. Yeah. So, and but it's relatable to everybody. It's that relatable it's, to everyone. Right. Yeah. It just happens to be that I'm presenting it as this is what Mexicans do, but everybody really kind of does that. You sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. So things like that are relatable and, and, um, and, and, and true. It's funny. I was doing a show at the Laugh Factory in Vegas and, uh, and I got done and this lady comes up to me. They were from Texas. And she was like, um, oh, the bit about the, you know, the breaking death. She goes, oh, that's, it just happened to us like a week ago. My husband, and he was right there, he broke down and he called us and I went out there and my daughters, my grandchildren. I was like, why are the kids, 
going yeah. through the, and help repair. And she goes, it's just what we do. We, we yeah. just go together and then we all, you know. So, um, and they were from Texas, you know what I mean? And they totally, you know, related to the whole the whole thing. So. Well, we used to, sometimes our cars would break down. We go, that's it, it's done. And we just strip the car, <laughs> take off hitchhiking. <laughs> And you know, and you drive by it, you know, about once a week, and it's still there. And a couple weeks later, it was gone. Let me ask you something: Did you ever hitchhike? Oh yeah. Oh, what was that like? Uh, you know, it was it, it was every. I, I did long distance hitchhiking. You know, I hitchhiked really? to, yeah, and when I was like a teenager, um, from I, like from like what's from Saint from Saint Louis to Boulder, Colorado, and then uh, lived on the streets in Boulder, panhandling. You know, like. I'd spare change enough to get enough money for a fistful of white crosses and a pitcher full of beer. And, uh, white crosses. <laughs> this is like one of the last street scenes of the, of the old hippie era was Boulder, yeah. Colorado. And so we oh, all took off okay. to Boulder, and you'd, you'd cra- there, was a, uh, uh, there was a crash place, you know, because there were so many kids there. The comedian, so you'd sleep on this concrete floor, or you'd check in your sleeping bag, or you'd find more interesting digs uh, for the Wait, evening. But this, was, this had nothing to do with stand-up. No, this, this is just, just to do it, right? This is being a kid going, I got to oh, go, man. So amazing. I stick my, you know, you read Kerouac's on the road and went, I'm leaving. But when I, we but were you get, if you don't mind, I'm okay. sorry. But if, when you're getting picked up, is it, is it truckers or was it people, just regular people in cars? Mostly, what? mostly regular people in cars. Oh, interesting. And there were girls, in those days there were girls, like I, I hit Boulder and there was like girls around the street and it, it wasn't like. Horror, this was like a rite of passage. Yeah. It, it was like if you, your parents were going to send you to Europe. So your rite of passage before college or not going to college, some you know, stick your thumb out and, and you know, God, off to America. Yeah. So I did that a few times. But when I was a kid, uh, my dad did, moved us from the inner city out to the country. Okay. In St. Louis? Yeah. We moved from yeah. St. Louis from the inner city of North St. Louis okay. out to Half Springs, Missouri. <laughs> and it was that different. From St. Louis to Half Springs, Missouri. Missouri. We moved from Missouri to Missouri. And oh. uh, and it was you know it was miles to anything and my dad go oh he'll just hitchhike, so I hitchhiked <laughs> everywhere until you know I got I saved up t- I saved two hundred bucks to buy a car and then my dad got drunk one time and I came home one night and there was a car sitting there he bought a car for me from a buddy of his with my two hundred bucks oh, well wow. one hundred and fifty bucks he saved fifty bucks for beer so uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah well, hitchhiking was uh, was a a uh, legitimate mode of transportation I mean like, did you. Just- do it? No, it was already no. That was it was already weird. That was already getting that was getting weird by the time I got to that. Yeah, that in the late '80s and stuff. That yeah. was yeah. Nobody was really doing that. I mean, that's something that I kind of you know. If there was an era, the '60s were a little a little a little kooky, but I, I think the '70s. I would have liked to have been in my 20s in the 70s. It was a hell of a time. Like early 70s to late 70s. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, wrote a, I wrote a joke, and it's strictly a joke. I say this because my wife's in a room. <laughs> how they talk about how uh, 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 Islamic terrorists say that if you, if you blow someone up, you get 72 virgin. Yeah. And I say, look, I was in my teens and 20s in the 70s. I had the 72 virgin thing down on my own. <laughs> 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 just all we needed was a joint, a six pack, and a drive-in movie. Oh, you know, so, drive-ins! Yeah. I, I did get to do the drive-ins. Did you ever sneak in in the trunk? Um, yeah, we had some friends in the back. Yeah, because that that was when they would do for a while. There, yeah, it was per person, right? Yeah, so put, the, the people would be in the back, and then eventually they just started doing per car. Like they they switched it. Like, yeah, in the you know in the I would say that was probably the late eighties. Mid, mid to late, they switched it to just the vehicle was yeah. the, you know, my dad, same thing. But, man, I kind of feel like, you know, there's a generation who now who's probably never going to experience a drive-in. No. And it's no. so They're awesome. They're, They're gone. gone. They're gone. Matter of fact, the one in our hometown, 
it hadn't been up and running, but it, just, it was just still there. Like, it was something about driving by, and we'd see the big screen, and we'd kind of go, oh, well, they just, they tore it all down now. It's like, it's all, they're building new. And it's kind of weird. We, we felt like, man, that's, that was part of our, you know, our from the 50s. It was there from, like, the, the early 50s. When it was my dad, freedom. If you were a teenager, you wanted to drive in. Yeah. My parents would have, well, sometimes it'd be a curfew. Sometimes they didn't see them, yeah. you know, so, because yeah. they were, they were real young when they had me, and they were, yeah, they were great people, but they, they were, you know, they were hot and cold as far as what my brother described it. He goes, one week we'd be at church on Sunday, and then the next Sunday they'd all be passed out in the kitchen from a house party. <laughs> so, uh, which is another reason why I can relate. Yeah. To, you know, because it's yeah. that, just that kind of lifestyle. But it was such freedom really at the was. drive-in. So drive-in. I had a curfew unless I was going to drive-in. I tell my parents, you have to be home at midnight. I go, I'm going to drive-in. I go, oh, okay. Then, you awesome. know, yeah, I know that goes late. And you had freedom there. You had a car. Yeah. There was no adult supervision. I know. And you know what was great about it? You didn't have to worry about somebody talking behind you yeah. or next to you. Yeah. It was your space. You know, the next per people are, you know, a car length over almost. You don't, you know, they're doing their own thing. And, and that's because for me, movie theaters, that, that's, what, that's what drives me crazy is, you know, I'm one of those guys where I wait until the movie, they're starting and then I'll, I'll, I'll hang in the back and then I go find my seat because if I go right in the middle and like get there early, yeah. sure enough, there's going to be somebody behind me. There's going to be the people in front of me. There's going to be people. And I'm, I, I am real focused on movie. I'm like, you know, and nowadays. Do you still with, go with, to movie theaters a lot? Not that often. Not that often. That, and that's why because yeah. people are on their phones. You hear them answering the phone. You, you can see the glow. And I, that just irritates me so much that. I, I get more. I realize when I leave a movie theater, I go. I'm more agitated now yeah. that I came here than you know, and especially in LA, you know, like they don't give a they, they don't you know they go to people go to. I feel like people go to the movie theater sometimes in LA just to, to hopefully they're going to run into somebody they can schmooze with or something. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah. it's just not it, you know. Yeah. But I gotta go. I haven't seen you know. There's a. I'd like to go see Keanu. Yeah, uh, because uh, those Keen guys Hill, are fantastic. Yeah, they're amazing, and I got a chance to work with those guys on Mad the last couple seasons that I was. Uh, was Laura Dombrowski still over at Mad when you were there? No, producing. Do you know who I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, everybody talked about her. Yeah, she was really wonderful. Yes, really wonderful. Yes. Yeah, um, I missed her, and you know, I, I kind of came in when, you know, um, it, it was kind of Mad was kind of the the, the ratings were going down and. Unfortunately, I got, I got, and here's the interesting thing. I auditioned for them, like, for eight years. Yeah. And I could not get on. And yeah. then I get, I said, I'm not doing it anymore. And so there was a couple more years where I didn't even, my agents were like, hey, they're, they're mad. I go, no, I can't. They keep, you know, passing yeah. on me. And then that's when they were like, well, they're looking for a Latin guy, though. Or they're looking for someone with Latino back. And I was like, oh, well, let me. Well, let me look into this then. Just, you know, yeah. and that's the reason, in my opinion, I, I it was the right place at the right time because they this time they were looking specifically for the to, to get sure. the Latino market yeah. going, and you know, so. Um, but still, great experience. I got to work with Keegan Michael Key and Jordan Peele. They were, you know, my buddy Bobby Lee. I've known Bobby. Bobby. I've known Bobby uh, forever. I, uh, He's forever. A great guy. I, met, I met Bobby in '98. He yeah. came, he came from the La Jolla. Um, the La Jolla. Comedy oh no, I'm sorry. '95. I met him in '95. Yeah, the La he was a La Jolla guy. You know, he was from San Diego. We I just I just saw him the other night, by the way. Just we brought him out one time to do a seminar out here. This uh, thing we were doing, this three day thing, and um, and I was going to pay for his plane ticket to come out, you know, and speak to all these young comics and stuff. And uh, and then a, another guy came up and says, "Hey, do you think he'd like to have his own private plane? I can pick him up." 
And I said, yeah, without investigating what kind of plane the guy had. So the guy went and picked up Bobby in one of those planes where you got to wear like an oxygen mask the whole time. Oh, You're no. sitting on a seat. And Bobby came in, and he's such a nice guy. But he goes, he he he, he put me in. I had to wear an oxygen mask. It was, it was like crop dusting. Was, I thought I was going to die. And I go, are you ready to go up and talk to the kids? He goes, yeah, I'll go talk to him. But... And you know who interviewed him at the time? Was <laughs> he, he refused to fly back with the guy. He goes, Tony. Oh, I, I don't blame him. He goes, I'm going to pay for my own flight back. He goes, you don't have to pay for it, Tony. He goes, I'm paying for my own flight back. He goes, thank yeah. you very much. Yeah. And then I, I saw him a few years ago at the comedy, a few years after that, he goes, that guy still <coughs> sends me jokes. <laughs> the guy that flew him? Because not only are you like with an insane person on a biplane wearing like an oxygen mask, but the guy's going, hey, I got a couple of <laughs> Bob, I just literally saw, I just saw him on uh, Tuesday night, ran into him um, at the other Laugh Factory, the Laugh Factory in, on Sunset. Yeah. And he yeah. came down to, to hang out, and, uh, and then I'd seen him at the, on the Saturday before that at the Comedy Store. Like, I'll do a spot at the Laugh Factory. There's something about the Comedy Store on a Friday and Saturday night on Sunset, the outside patio yeah. bar. It's just, I don't know what it is. It's just a diff it's a, the energy there. It's happening. That place it's is happening again. It's yeah. happening again, yeah. yeah. And that was where I started. As a matter of fact... There was a point, there was a few months, about four or five months where I didn't have a vehicle when I was living in Woodland Hills. So I would take the, at the time, you know, they have Metro now, but at the time yeah. the, the bus line was RTD. It was an yeah, RTD sure. bus line. So I would get picked up right there at Topanga Canyon in Ventura. Yeah, we stay in Woodland Hills all the time. My okay. family there, yeah. Okay. So I would take that bus from, the bus from, from Woodland Hills, <clears throat> drop me off right there at uh, Sweetser on Sunset. <laughs> And it took an hour and a half. Took an hour and a yeah. half to get there, and I <clears throat> just to do five minutes. Yeah, up in the belly room. Do you remember Skippy Low? Sure. I used to do Skippy Low's open mic night. Yeah. That was when I made that transition from the Valley. I did the Valley for like a year or two. Like all the little rooms besides the LA Cabaret, there was all these little bars that yeah. had. Um, there was actually a hotel, the Ramada Inn, that had a little Irish bar called O'Brien's or something, and they yeah. had a right. I don't know if you remember that. And then finally somebody told me, they're like, hey, I, oh, I know what it was. I read it in, in the LA Weekly. Uh, I don't know if you remember, they'd have comedy. And yeah. then after that, they'd have other comedy, which yeah. was all the open mic. Yeah. And I remember even seeing The Belly Room. And it was like, yeah. Skippy Lowe's, open mic, sign up. And I go, oh my. To me, that was the most amazing. I was in awe of, of, of just even just getting off that bus and, and, and being at the comedy store on Sunset on a Saturday night was like... I gotta ask you something. Woodland Hills is a, is a pretty kind of upscale place. Yeah, I'll tell you why. Okay, I know and what you're you gonna there ask. and had no car. <laughs> I know. So Let me I'll, tell you what happened. Okay. <laughs> One of the guys that we... Because I, I moved in... I with, mean, my daughter went to Hale. So, you know, yeah. so we know Woodland Hills. Yeah. Like, well, yeah. It's funny you say that because it's almost like... We st I started here and ever since then, it's the, the, the areas have been gone down. <laughs> One of the guys who... I moved in with all these guys that I knew from high school. Everybody yeah. was doing something different, okay? They decided to move to LA. This was before they brought me on. They were there for like six months. The, the, there was one guy who came from a really wealthy family. So when they were looking for places, he was like, hey man, I found the place. It was, it was the summit on Oxnard and Topanga, this huge, yeah, yeah. okay, that's the place he finds. So in order for them to afford to live there, we, it was a three bedroom and there were six of us living there. Okay. We all okay. sharing a room. <laughs> so rent was like 250 a month. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. So okay. Yeah. Yeah. So um, that's the reason why we were in that area. Uh, I mean, we could, he could have found, a, you know, we could have found a, a house in Van Nuys 
or something where we you know, could have got a five or six bedroom and had our own rooms and you know, whatever. But we did it that way, which, you know, that place had like three tennis courts and like four swimming pools. I mean, it was a, it was a, what do you call those places? They're like, it's, it's a private community. Yeah, gated community. It was a gated community, gated, yeah, man, yeah. the summit. I mean, it was like, it was ridiculous. We started there, but we had no money. But <laughs> and the funny thing is, you know, later on when we looked back, we went, God, what did all the neighbors think? Because we were the only ones where there was six guys living in. You know, everybody there were, it was pretty much families yeah. and, and, you know, or new, newlywed couples yeah. that, you know, had their own place. But, and we were just raging parties on the weekends, man. We, oh, security always had to come over to our place. Guys, you can't <laughs> keep doing this every single. You shove a beer in a security guard's yeah. hand, give a joint. <laughs> yeah. Come just on, man. Always parties on the uh. weekends. But anyway, so that's the reason why I had no car. My car had broken broken down, and then I would just walk right down to Topanga and Ventura and, and catch that RTD bus sure. to go do Skippy Leap. Just five minutes. But you know what? I, I looking back, man, I would do it again. I I sure. do a three hour drive, you know, right, and then I'd catch the very last one at twelve thirty. That was the very last one I had to catch it. If I missed it, then I was screwed. And I'd catch that one, and I'd get home at two in the yeah. morning. You know what I mean? And uh, it was where, worth it. Where do you live now? What part of town? Right now, I'm living in um, West uh, West Hollywood, like yeah. on, off right off of Sunset near the Laugh Factory. Okay, yeah, yeah, okay, I, I know exactly. Right I mean, there. I lived on Hollywood Boulevard. I, I lived all over that town. Okay, I lived on uh, like 7600 Hollywood Boulevard. Oh yeah, for a long time. I lived on. West. I lived on Sycamore. I lived on oh, Sycamore okay. in Hollywood oh, at one point. All right, right by uh, yeah. the Chinese Theater. Right by Chinese Theater. I think I know what uh, apartment building you're talking about. I had, a, <laughs> I had a buddy. We used to party there. We were talking about, uh, I'm taking the whole family to Disneyland in June, yeah, yeah. and I've told her, I just told my wife, I go, I've been to Disneyland like 20 times with, you know, uh, my daughter, and, and I go, it never did anything for me, because I go, if you did acid in 1970, yeah. Disneyland never quite did it for you, <laughs> and the last time I did acid in Hollywood was on Sycamore. Because <laughs> <laughs> we're going, we got it, and I hadn't done it for years, because I, I used to do it with bikers, and it didn't yeah. go well. Yeah, and, yeah uh, I bet. And I go, well, we got to do it in Hollywood, and we sit on this roof. Oh, on hilarious. Sycamore, on just Sycamore. tripping our brains out. Yeah. Yeah. Now, see, what the mistake you made is you should have done Disneyland on acid. That's what I said to my. Now, yeah. That would be amazing. Yeah. Like yeah. I'd be willing to do. The only thing I'm, I'm willing, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't smoke pot or anything anymore. I just drink. I'm like more of a drinker, but I would do. Uh, to this day, I, I would do mushrooms in a heartbeat. Yeah. Like if somebody has some mushrooms and I got some t free time, then I, I go because th those were very man. It's very manageable. You know what I mean? Yeah. Acid. Yeah, you don't oh, know I what know. you're. You know, know, yeah. you know what I mean. You I just do know don't know. What, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and I and, and and most people that I talk to who who never did who never touched it again, it was because of that last bad trip. Yeah. And that was with me. You know, yeah. it was, I had one really. It was too strong. It was too much. And then I, and then I was done because you know you just you almost go man. You know you hear about these people that like they the acid was too. They never really. Got I knew it. those guys. They oh, never, yeah. they never quite pop back. They never pop yeah. back out. Although you pop know, my uh, my younger brother, uh, he did acid every day for a year one time in high school. Every day for a year. How can you even? How does the brain? Uh, you know what happened to him, don't you? No. He became an art professor who lives in Woodland Hills <laughs> and drives a Mercedes. <laughs> Are you serious? I'm absolutely serious. That is hilarious. <laughs> so you know, there's some. Uh, you know, I I quit drinking and using 31 years ago. And you quit drinking 31 years ago? 31, over 31 now, yeah. Wow. And there's people oh, go, you two should never talk about the dangers of drugs. Go, yeah, I used to drink, and now I have my own business, and I promote shows, and I yeah. toured. And my brother goes, yeah, and I'm an art professor. <laughs> and kids are sitting there going, where? So, 
really and we, and we've funny. talked about it. You go, you know, if we never did drugs, you know where we'd be? We'd be back in St. Louis yeah. working in a factory. Yeah, yeah, you know, that's right. So it expanded, you guys. It expanded us. You know our, what I mean? our first our first LSD trip was Halloween night, nineteen seventy. Oh man! I was fifteen and he was twelve, and he said if I didn't give him any, he was going to tell mom. <laughs> so I gave him a half a hit. What on the great negotiator, by the and way? Was, yeah. Give me half a hit, and an hour in, he goes, now this is acid we're doing, right? I go, yeah, he goes, because I don't want to do LSD. And I go, I got news for you, Junior. <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> well, did you guys go walking around? Uh, we, 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 it was Halloween. We were, yeah. we were old enough that we weren't trick-or-treating. We were doing, you know, the yeah. stuff you do that. We yeah. were being chased by the cops, and we got in a fight with some other kids. And Did you ever go egging on Halloween night? Did you guys yeah. ever do the egging stuff? Like, we did yeah, yeah, I think the statute of limitations. I used to pour like a can of paint across the road. Uh, oh, we never did that. Yeah, that's yeah, hardcore. That's. Uh, I feel bad. I know. You know, I look back at some of those things and I go, because you know, like one time my, my my car got egged one time on Halloween night. This was maybe about five years ago, and I was like, and I was so mad because it's so hard to get that stuff off once it dries yeah. the egg. But then I was like, you know what? I did the same. We did the exact. You know, I'm I'm just like, who would do this and what? And then I kind of go, well, geez, I was we doing would. that. Yeah, yeah, we would, man. Same. You know, it's just, uh, you know, the youth, dude. Now, if you, but now, if you move back to Woodland Hills, back to the summit, and you had, like, your own place, okay? And you were living yeah. there, and then a bunch of people like you, when you moved in next door, wouldn't you be the one calling security? Going, yes. I, you know, I'm trying to. I'd be calling security now. <laughs> <laughs> hey, why are there six dudes? And here's what's funny. This is what it was. It was it was uh, two musicians, two stuntmen, <laughs> One actor and one comedian. That was the oh makeup in, the, in that house, in that townhouse. Are they still around, your buddy? You know what's interesting? Everybody went back. Everybody, you know, I don't want to say gave up, but everybody, they pretty much went back to their hometown or whatever, except for the one, my, my buddy, who's who's the one that talked me into it. He's also obviously a high school friend, but he's still playing music. He's still in L.A. He's got a... Invested in a business, his own business, but he still plays. He still jams. Sure. He, he was at the Whiskey A Go Go. He says, you know, he, for him, it's not about that big, you know, record deal and all that stuff yeah. anymore. But so it's just he, he and I are the only two, and it was a revolving door. After one guy would leave, and then we got another guy who yeah. like, wanted to be a recording engineer, and we had another guy who was going to be another musician, and the, the door just kind of kept going like that. And it's just he and I are the the last two still standing in L.A. and. I've told people I I I, work, I, I, uh, I know a lot of young comics in town and deal with a lot of young comics in town mm-hmm. and because uh, you teach you teach I uh, teach uh, yeah, yeah I got yeah, a, I have a comedy telling. workshop and uh, but I'll tell them I say just remember as you're driving into Hollywood on the 101 you see that sign says Hollywood next eight exits and you got your U-Haul and you're all excited I go look on the other side of the road because leaving Hollywood is a car with all U-Haul. And, and that's why you can always get an apartment in Hollywood. Yes. You know, that you got to have your... Um, uh, somebody's somebody's uh, dream is showing up, yeah. and somebody's dream yeah. is broken yeah. leaving. You know it what does I mean? happen, though. It happened for you. You know what's interesting? When uh, Bobby Lee came out and did the seminar, I had uh, I had several people that came out. Michael Massey, who was in The Crow, mm-hmm. was a friend mm-hmm. of mine, mm-hmm. came out. And uh, what I did was, and I had young, at the time, you know, young beginning stand-ups or... In, interns got to interview them you know they got to go up and interview them and the guy who interviewed bobby was josh mcdermott who's now on the walking dead you know oh, he plays geez. eugene on the walking yeah. dead and started out as a comic oh i didn't know that yeah josh started as a comic he got on uh, wow. last comic standing didn't make it for it, it was when it was still in the house show okay you know and uh from that got an agent and you know he'd always uh, also studied acting too right i mean you've done did you 
do acting workshops? Did you know? I you, did. Yeah, I did. Uh, you know, I did the basics first. You know, the uh, you know acting for the camera. Yeah. Uh, commercial workshop and you know all those. And then um, and then I remember somebody going, "Hey man, you know maybe you should look into like you know getting a little more in depth with yeah. acting rather than." So then I went to um, uh, Howard Fine. Yeah, sure. Which is, he taught the Stanislavski style, yeah. and I did that for a couple of years. And then somebody was. Brought up uh, Joanne Barron. Let's, and let's, let's do coffee cup right now. Let's pretend like we're holding the coffee. Did he ever, oh. ever you do that? Yeah. Yes. Because I, I studied at Strasbourg and <laughs> I was like, hold okay. yeah. yeah, hold yeah. or or even or sense memory. Yeah, have you bring yeah. in something yeah. to, to take you back and mm -hmm. then. Then I went and somebody's all like, "You got to try Meisner. You got to try Meisner." So you got to try Meisner. You got to try. You got to try Meisner. I, I want, you got to try Meisner. You got to try Meisner. You got to try Meisner. You got to try. I got to try Meisner. <laughs> um, so then there was a there was a class called uh, Joanne Barron and D.W. Brown Studios in Santa Monica, and yeah. I went and did that intensive thing, which was really intense. So I, and then I ended up, you know, at the end of it, I kind of took. You know, there was, there was sitcom auditions, how to come into a room and all this. And I just, you know what? Some worked, some didn't. Yeah. And then you just, I feel like you kind of take a little bit of each one and just sure. go, this is what works for me. Like, I remember uh, Margie Haber's class. This one yeah. really screwed me up because they didn't want you to memorize your lines. They just wanted you to either memorize the other person's lines or not. In other words, try to be, no, don't know your lines when you yeah. go into the audition so that you're in the moment, you're listening to the person. But let me tell you, I mean, I'm just one of those people. I got to know my lines. Yeah. And I'll deal with it. I'll make it look as spontaneous and natural as I can. But going in there and not knowing, I had some of the worst. Sorry, I hope, you know, Margie. <laughs> but sorry, it just didn't work for me, man. You know what I mean? And, and I had some bad auditions because of that. Like, And that's there's a lesson learned right there. Like, that wasn't for me. Yeah. Now, some other people go, oh, I love this style because it's natural, man. I'm just listening, and then I look down and respond. And I don't know what I'm saying yet until I see it. And I'm, it just threw me off, man. Because I, you know, then I was like trying to read. I don't. It is just. Yeah. You know. I mean, there's so many different uh, techniques. All of them are about. You know, I was talking with somebody the other day. They go, well, they go, who's a really good actor? I said, well, really good listener. Yeah. You know, you watch Brando and The Godfather. I mean, how many, you know, people don't realize he was only on screen 20 minutes. I know. And he has very few lines. That's right. You know, and the, people think of that opening scene is Brando's. It opens up with a guy whose name we don't know. Yeah. And he has the first line and he's talking about uh, uh, his daughter. You know? Yeah. So, and and the whole time, most of the time we're just seeing it back at Brando's head, but he was such a good listener. I, right. And such a good scene stealer, like with the cat. He's petting the cat. And, and you know, that was just a loose cat on set. Yeah. And he picked it up he and said, and then it ends up in the movie. Yeah. I mean... Did you ever see the picture of where Robert Duvall on butcher paper has all of Brando from from his from his nipples down, from his chest down, all the way down to his knees, butcher paper with Brando's lines on them? Yeah, I've yeah. heard about that. Okay, you know the guy that um, uh, what was the big guy's name? The Luca Brazzi. Okay, Brazzi. You know he was real nervous to work yeah. with Brando, right? And um, you know they said he would start sweating and he'd yeah. get nervous. And I think is that is that the, oh no 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 it was the singer. The, remember the slap that he yeah, gave him? Yeah. That was real. Like, yeah. Because the guy couldn't act and Brando was... Like, yeah, Al Martino, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you know yeah. all their names. Francis hated putting Al Martino in there. Yeah. yeah. And uh, But, you know, Brazzi, they, they had to... You know, they put his... Um, Brando's uh, dialogue on, on him as well. So... Well, there's another thing where... Uh, when Brando, when he's... When Luca Brazzi's giving his line to see Brando kind of laughing a little bit. Yeah. And it worked so well for the scene. But what happened was this guy, finally to get over to nerves, yeah. took a piece of tape and put it on his tongue, and when he was supposed to talk, he stuck his tongue out with the piece of tape on it, and he'd written fuck you on it. 
<laughs> and Brando laughs, and they and then they, they kept that little piece in. Uh, Are the kids funny. running in during that scene? There yeah. was a mistake. They came in early. Oh, well, interesting. Yeah. yeah. So much it, of it is it kept, all yeah, it all worked. All fell into place. It's kind of like with um, you know, when when with Taxi Driver, you know, uh, what's his name? Um, uh, you're so good with the names so quick. The director, Robert De Niro, no, uh, the, Martin Scorsese. Okay, so Scorsese was, yeah. was talking about that whole scene was, you know, the you talking to me was all improvised. Didn't it seem like Meisner though? You talking to me? me? You talking, talking to me? Because he was a Meisner. He was a Meisner guy. Was a Meisner guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you watch almost in all of his films. You know, he does that re repetition. repetition. Like in New York, New York. I'm going to make that call. I'm going to make that yeah. call. Make yeah. that call. I'm going to make that yeah. call. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. You're right. That's interesting. Yeah. So all that was, I mean, you know, he could have said anything else. But coming up with you talking to me, I'm the only one here. Yeah. I'm the, I mean, and then it becomes like one of the most iconic scenes in, you know, cinema, yeah. cinematic history. I mean, it's just, and to think that it was, you know, I always just assumed that it, that was the script. You know, that yeah. was the scene. But, you know, he's like, Come up with something. What would you? What would the character would, would um, his character say if he's looking in the mirror with it? You know, it's amazing. But Scorsese said at one time to go. How do you able to make such great films? He goes, Well, I hire Robert De Niro. I turn the camera on and I let him do something. Yeah. You know, because he was so powerful. Yeah. I was thinking about him. Uh, I saw a preview for a movie he's in now, and uh, I'm never going to disparage anything he's doing. Yeah, sure. But uh, he's almost like Brando. I mean, between Godfather Two and Taxi Driver and Brando with Streetcar. And on the waterfront, you go, yeah. those two films supersede anybody else's 100, 150 films. Yeah. Incredible. Right. Johnny, I would, you know what? You got to come back, man, because we got like tons of stuff to talk about. Yeah. I mean, this uh, was great. It's yeah. fantastic. Um, I'm glad that we, uh, yeah. I didn't realize we had a little trail there that you know, we, uh, Jamie, we walked together. Jamie Kennedy came in one time. I, he and used to, I used to open mics with Jamie. Yeah, and he's looking at me, he goes, I know you. I go, we've never met. He goes, I know you. And he yeah. goes, you know Al Berman. And I go, I go, Al and I, Al was an opening act for me at one time. Oh, wow. And he goes, you were at the L.A. Cabaret because all you guys started at the same time. We started, I started I with Jamie Kennedy. I remember watching a lot of you guys. Yeah, yeah, and, go, and, yeah. and I remember looking at you guys. And I was like a road guy living in L.A. And I go, fuck, these guys are really funny. So, <laughs> <laughs> God, I didn't want to come down here to work. I want to come down here and show off. Yeah, off. man. Yeah. 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 Well, that's amazing. Yeah, Jamie was, uh, oh, man, we didn't even have to talk to Ernie. Oh, and uh, by the way, uh, Johnny will be at the Scottsdale Laugh Factory. <laughs> Um, the reason why he's on the show right now. Um, what is I, I, I don't know anything about comedy. I, I know you should probably like promote like your shows. Well, you know for very, thirty minutes back and forth. Very good point. And by the way, we do need people to come out because we're, we're, we're going to be we're going to be going up against the the, the the big fight tomorrow night with Amir Khan and, yeah. and Canelo. So it'd be great to get some people coming out uh, tomorrow night and then you know and bring your moms Mother's out for Mother's Day, Day. present. What? I don't know if I just thought of this. It might be a great Mother's Day the present. The, the gift of laughter. The gift of laughter the for the mom. The gift of laughter, ladies no, and gentlemen. Nothing better than that. Yeah, and you're not going to see a better show in town this weekend than Johnny Sanchez at the Scottsdale Laugh Factory. That's ScottsdaleLaughFactory.com. Very easy to get tickets. Just go to that uh, website there. Uh, please go out and see him. It's a wonderful club. We were there yeah. Wednesday night with a show. Beautiful. We yeah. love Joey. We love Harry. We love yeah. Jamie. Great all the guys. people involved. Paul. Paul. It's at the uh, it's at the coolest corner in all of uh, Scottsdaleville. Scottsdale and Shea. Easy to find. And when you get there, you'll be glad that you did. Eli's is gone. So you don't know this. This is like very kind of inner. There, there, there was a bar that was a very Yeah, no, bar. I remember. When did that close? Uh, a while back. But I was here back in August. Was it? It wasn't it open back in uh, when I came in August. It might have been. I yeah. think it was still yeah. okay. All right. Yeah, it was the Cougar place to meet. So, That's what uh, we. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it's gone. So, but is uh, but it's still. Uh, what makes it even better, Connor? Now is that you can go there and laugh and have a great time. Absolutely. At the, at the laugh factory, Johnny Sanchez, man. Thank you so much Thanks, for coming man. in. You got to come back. Me. We got more to talk about. All right.
You're listening to This American Podcast Comedy Edition on ComedySchoolsRadio.com. We'll be right back. Boom, 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 boom. 